Let me say something as we count down the last few hours of uh, this uh, year, 2023, there are certain things that we know. We know that the time machine of our lives does not have a reverse gear. It does even have brakes on it. You cannot stop time. It uh, keeps going. And so this morning... I want us to think topically about the value of time. But I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of James. James is what I call a practical theologian. Uh, James was the fellow that got right to the point, if he had a point to make. And today he talks about time and the importance of time. Someone said in a song, actually it was Jim Croce in the 1970s, you cannot put time in a bottle, and we know that. But listen to what James said in chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city and spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why? Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist or a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And then in the book of Ecclesiastes, of course, this is from Solomon, this great book begins in chapter 3. It says, there's a time for everything. There is a season for every activity under heaven. There is a time to be born and a time to die. And then one of my favorite verses from this good book by Solomon Talking about God, he says he has made everything beautiful in its time and he has set eternity in the hearts of men. Through the years of my pastoral work, I have grown to appreciate the love people have for their pets. I grew up in a pretty large city and we didn't do much with pets, but I learned a long time ago that people are very close to their pets. And as much as you love your pet, let me say your pet never thinks about eternity. God has placed the crown of his creation, you and me, and he has placed eternity in our hearts. And so today I want us to try to look at a biblical perspective of time. And when I'm talking about time, I'm talking about Linear time, the weeks, the days, the months, uh, we call our watches chronometers. The Greek word is chronos. It has to do with the passing of time. One of the definitions of time is time is a stretch of duration in which things happen. It makes no difference if we are asleep or awake. No difference if we waste time or make good use of time. Time marches on. 
And we know that, and there are some of us here today who know it better than others because of our age. I was talking to Dr. Corvin and Pastor Robinson, and we're in that age group when we recognize that you can't put brakes on time. When I turned 60, 60 to me is just a boy now, but when I turned 60, I was visiting a couple of our members Uh, The lady of the house had taught both our children in elementary school, and it just so happened I was 60, the gentleman was 80, and he said to me, Preacher, he said, before you know it, you will be 80. And I thought, like some of you are thinking now, yeah, we've heard that before. And before I realized it, I had turned around and I was 80 years old. I'm older than that now, don't make any comments. But you can't put time in a bottle or a bank. It doesn't have a reverse gear. We can't live it over. Isaac Watts said this when he said, Time like an ever-rolling stream bears all its sons away. Time is important because you can't repeat it. When it is gone, it is gone. We must understand that we live this one life. Just this week I was coming across town and uh, a Jeep with a tire on the back, a cover on it, had this on it. It says, one life, live it. Now there is a truth to that, but the question is, how am I going to live the one life God has given to us? I believe that your life and my life is a gift from God. I believe every day that we have is a gift from God. And we who are children of God need to recognize that we just don't live life to enjoy it. We live life to glorify God. One of the catechisms, the Westminster Catechism says, the chief end of man is to love God and to, or to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And so this morning, I think I want to get accomplished the fact that we must value the time that we have, which is the present. And we must recognize if we are followers of Jesus Christ, we must live time with the idea of eternity, not just where we spend it, but the value of our time that we have, whether or not we're in rearing children or praying for our grandchildren, whatever it is, time is important. Your time is important. And so I want to talk about three things. The trouble with time, the temptations about time, and then the treasure of time. Let's pretend for a few minutes. Let's pretend that tomorrow the banks are open. They won't be, but let's just say they are. And and I come to your house to tell you that somebody who loves you very much, whom you do not know, is going to deposit into your bank account 86,400 pennies. And they will do that every day for the rest of the year. 365 days, someone is going to deposit into your bank 86,000 400 pennies. Now, you who are so sharp in math, you've already figured out 
that that is $864 a day. And you say, I could do that in a heartbeat. But there's one stipulation. If you don't spend it, you lose it. If you get up to 700 and you don't know what to do with the last $164, you lose it. In other words, those pennies that are deposited, you have to spend them that day or you lose them. And of course, you've already realized that that's how many seconds the Lord has allowed for us today. Now, I know that's true because I multiplied it two or three different ways. And it's interesting that you, you'll get a little different number. But generally speaking, all of us have 86,400 seconds in each day, 100, 400 and 40 minutes in each day, 168 hours in each week. And just like our imaginary pennies, you can't carry it over. When we've lived today, today will never happen again. That is the reason time is important. And like the song says, you cannot store time in a bottle or have I added a bank. There are no 25-hour days or 26-hour days. And so the trouble with time is that when it is gone, it is gone. And all of us, I think, have lived long enough to regret that there was a time when if we could, we would do things over. I, um, towards the end of my ministry at Franklin Heights, I had this... Uh, well-to-do man, obviously is well-to-do. He, he called me one day. He said, Preacher, I, I want to give you and your wife a week anywhere in the world. He said, Where would you like to go? I said, Well, I think I'd like to go to Australia. He said, Good. And while you're there, I'll give you another week. I'm not making this up. I'll give you another week in New Zealand. You really need to go to New Zealand too. I said, Good. Well, we were in the midst of that building program, and I thought I was so important that I could not leave that building program because it took about two years to get it all done. And then when that was over, it was time for me to retire, and he took the offer off the table. And I regretted that. I thought I was so important. I, I think I would have done it differently. All of us would have done things differently if we could. Time, when it is gone, is gone. And so the trouble with time is that for me and my age group, it leaves us wrinkled and bald and have problems getting out of bed sometimes. The march of time leaves its mark on us. And did you know in our American culture, we spend Billions with a B, dollars on cosmetic products every year. And if you will notice some of the TV ads, they will promise that this cream will get rid of all the wrinkles. That's not true, as you well know. The point I'm trying to make is that we in our society, we're trying to roll back the clock. We're trying to pretend that Time does not march relentlessly on for every one of us. I had a doctor friend to tell me one time, he said, you know, 
all these people who are getting cosmetic surgery. Now, if you've had cosmetic surgery, that's fine. I'm not criticizing. I'm trying to make a point here. And he said, all you got to do is look at people's hands and you can tell how old they are. And I remember one day there was a young two children that lived in our neighborhood and uh, they liked coming to our house. One reason is my wife fed them and so they, they would just come and show up and I would be on the front porch. And I noticed one day the little girl, and it was one little boy and a little girl, and she kept looking at my hands and I realized that really is where you show your age. Age marches on. And so it's important to us to get a biblical perspective from the Word of God. And the Bible makes it abundantly clear in Psalms 90. He says, so teach us, this is the psalmist, so teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. I remember as a relatively young person how the Holy Spirit three-dimensionalized that verse in my heart. As a pastor, I understood that God wanted me to take account of time, to, to recognize that time is limited. And any pastor knows that because you often will do funerals for people who are, are, are very young. I, I, I can remember the times when I would go to the homes of broken-hearted parents because of the death of a child. And so we, from a biblical viewpoint, need to understand, particularly you younger people, that time is important. What we do with it is important. It ought to have in the rearing of our children, the mark of eternity on them. Your children can grow up and have advanced degrees, but if there is not in their lives the mark of eternity, then I would say that to some degree that we have failed. Hosea chapter 10 says, It is time to seek the Lord. And I believe that is true today. We're living in a world that is strange to me. It, uh, just everybody I talk to, they're concerned about what's happening in the Gaza. They're concerned about what's happening in Ukraine. They're concerned about what's happening at the border. It seems like the demographics are, are, are changing. Time is important. And, and we're living in a very serious time. And it is time for the people of God to seek the Lord. Ephesians 5, 6 says this, Make the most of your time because the days are evil. What Paul is saying that we who are the children of God, we who have come to faith in Jesus Christ, needs to know the value of, of today and, 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 and of the present time. It says... Make the most of your time because the days are evil. And then in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 17, it is time for judgment to begin at the house of God. So time is troubling because it is going quickly in all of our lives. Time is not any faster for me at 84 than it is for you at 
50 or 40 or however old you might be. But there's some temptations about time. And one of the temptations is to, to live in the past. And for the people of God, we recognize that our sins are under the blood of Christ. And the mistakes that we uh, have made uh, are under his care. And, and he says, as far as the east is from the west, I will remove your sins because of the blood of Jesus Christ. But sometimes... We, we live back there. I think I told you one time the, the man that came to me at our church and he was a big old man, a big man. And, and he said to me one day, he was on his second marriage. He had married this. They loved the Lord. He said, Pastor, in my early life, he said, I am ashamed of the way I treated my first wife. And I, he lived with those regrets the point I'm trying to make is that we need to move ahead and understand, and it, but it's all right to remember certain things. All of us as parents remember the, the, those sweet times with our children or maybe our grandchildren. Uh, often I will go through in my life the recognition that God has been faithful. He has blessed me with a wonderful wife. He blessed me with two children. And, and, and I have those sweet memories that are written indelibly on my heart. Wasn't it the philosopher Aristotle who said that, that time, our memory is the scribe of the soul that are written on the tablets of our hearts. Sometimes it's um, easier to get forgiveness than it is permission. So I want to tell you one memory I have of my daughter. Now she's in her 50s, but when she was about four years old, she walked up to me, or actually, I might as well be honest, I, I was in the bathroom, and she walked in, and she said, Daddy, you didn't tell me you'd been married before. I said, "Hon, I, I haven't been. Yes, you have. She said, I was at Miss, she was a babysitter. My wife taught Bible in the public schools for several years, and occasionally we had her at the babysitter, and and, and, and this lady came in and did not know her, and she said to the babysitter, who is this girl? And she said, oh, that's Pastor Holland's daughter. And the lady looked at my daughter. She said, honey, your daddy married me. <laughs> and so my daughter comes home and said, daddy, you didn't tell me you'd been married before. And, of course, I had done the ceremony for the lady, and that's what the lady meant. I mean, she... Small children take language literally. And, and, but that is a sweet memory that I have. And, and I treasure that memory. I remember one time my, my little boy, there was a mangy dog that came up to our property. Actually, it was the church's property. And, and he was, he was well-worn. You could see that he was just full of mange. And, and I walked out on the carport, and our son had one of my wife's nice tea glasses full of water and was feeding that mangy dog. And uh, I said, son, you're not feeding the dog water out of one of mom's tea glasses, are you? He said, daddy, it won't hurt him, will it? <laughs> and I said, no, son, it won't hurt him. I turned around, I said, we'll get another tea glass, but I'm not going to rebuke him for wanting to feed the mangy dog. And all of us have stories like that. 
And we remember that, and I'm grateful. And my wife and I, one of the things that we enjoy in these latter years is to think about those Christian people that have fortified and strengthened and helped us, those lay men and women whom we have gotten to know who love the Lord. And, 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 and often we will say, you know, the Lord has blessed us with so many friends not wrong to remember those things, but yet, if you're not careful, the devil will keep you in the past. You remember what Paul was before he was Paul. His name was Saul. He stood when they stoned Stephen, the first martyr of the New Testament church. And later on, the Bible tells us in Acts 8 that Paul or Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went on and and would put men and women, the Bible says, in prison. Paul, before he was saved, had a dark life. He committed grievous sins. And if the devil would have, he could have made Paul live in the past. But Paul recognized because of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ to forgive sins, we don't have to be prisoners of the past, praise God. We who have been regenerated through the Spirit of God, we can press on, and that's what Paul says in Philippians. He tells us to press on, to move forward, to recognize that we do not have to be victims of the past. We can forget the sins and failures that are now under the blood of Christ. Christian, do not let the devil keep you in the prison of failure because we all have failed. I, uh, there are things that I have failed at. There are times that I have not as been as patient as I should. I remember one time in the hospital, one of the nurses says, Pastor Holland, I didn't know the man, and, and, and he, he needs some spiritual guidance. And I was in a hurry, and I had to leave, and the man died. And I carry that, but I recognize that that mistake of being so busy, I can still find redemption and forgiveness. Hebrews says, God will remember your sins no more. Aren't you glad God has forgotten our sins? Aren't you glad that as sinners we have been redeemed by the blood of Christ? And too many Christians won't let go of the scars of their childhood. I would never betray a confidence. One of the reasons I did a lot of counseling, even had people come from Roanoke, is because I would not betray. And oftentimes I would have a member to go to my wife says, didn't Reverend Holland share with you what I... And she said, no, Reverend Holland hadn't said anything. But this lady came and talked to me about how she grew up and was sexually abused. And my heart grieved over her. And the fact is that she had a terrible, terrible time dealing with with being sexually abused. But you see, it is the Lord Jesus who can give victory. And today, that lady is a successful professional, and I will not tell you in what profession, because by God's grace 
and God's mercy, he gave victory over that scarred childhood. But sometimes we have to forgive ourselves. Sometimes we have to forgive. We know God has forgiven us, but we have to forgive ourselves. But we must hurry on. Consider, finally, the treasure of time. First of all, one of the treasures of time is to recognize that every day is a gift from the Lord. Every day you live is a gift from the Lord. I recognize that, and the older you get, the more you realize it, and I understand that some of you younger people do not relate to that, and I can understand that. I was the same way, but it's good to remember that Every day, every day is God's gift. I am thankful with all the problems in America, I'm grateful I don't live in the Ukraine. I'm grateful that I don't live in Russia. I'm grateful right now that I don't live in the Middle East. And my heart aches sometimes, and I will, I will pray for those people. And I, I hope you as a praying Christian are praying for the situation in the, the world. And I don't know the political ramifications of what's going on at the southern border. And I pray somehow, Lord, I don't understand, but your will be done. You are God. You are sovereign. You know what's best. Lord, I pray for your will. Time is a treasure, but we almost should mention that time is limited. Uh, we just have today. I, I'm, I'm preaching today and, 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 and the year that I've been with you, there's some folks that I loved and I knew for decades that have stepped into the presence of God. I'm saying to you today that time is limited and as parents, you recognize the time that you have with your children, that's limited. Before you realize it, they'll be grown and it is important now to invest the, the idea of eternity in their lives, that it's just one life will soon be last. Only what's done for Christ will last. Time should make us reflect upon this coming year. And I began by saying I'm praying that the Lord will, will hurry up and that's not, that doesn't come out right. I, I'm praying that the Lord in his gracious will will send y'all a good pastor because I know that I'm old and I've enjoyed being here, but it's time for me to move on. And it's time for our Lord to send you a, a good pastor who loves the Lord and will love you. And But we need to join together in prayer. And maybe today, Maybe today you would make a covenant with me that we are going to saturate, as it were, the very throne of God's grace. We're going to lay hold of the altar of God and beg that he would accomplish his purpose in 2024. Not only in the life of this church, but also in the life of, of each of us individually. I have no idea what is going to happen in 2024 uh, at my age, but folks, you don't either. None of us do. We are all at the mercy of God's grace. And so what I would say to Rocky Mount Baptist Church in 2024, 
Be faithful to God. Be faithful in your attendance. Even in this difficult time when you've had a period of waiting, remain faithful to God. Attend church. Give a tenth of your time. And I've never said this in a year. Be sure you give your tithe. Wouldn't be a Baptist preacher if I hadn't mentioned that. But we need to support the work of God. And I hope that you will do that, that you'll be faithful a faithful steward, I am praying because I, I have grown with, with deep affection for this church that God will send you the man that he wants to be the preacher and the teacher and the shepherd of this good flock. And so today I would ask you to, as we, as we stand and sing, that you will covenant to pray that God would accomplish his purpose for you as an individual, and for this good church as a church. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us time, and we, as James said, we will not assume that we have a whole year. So, Lord, today you have given us. We ask you even today that we would honor you and glorify you, and that there would be in our lives the stamp of eternity. And we make this prayer in the name that is above every name, even Jesus the Christ. Amen.